Hey guys, this is Justin from The Prince of Memegypt. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at The Prince of Memegypt and on Twitter at Internet Moses. You're listening to Damien, the tall, friendly atheist dad on the Tall, Friendly Atheist Dad podcast, guaranteed to be gluten-free. Okay, so this is uh, part two of my reading of uh, Total Life Prosperity by Creflo A. Dollar Jr. Total Life Prosperity. 14 Practical Steps to Receiving God's Full Blessing. So in the first, uh, in the first chapter, I, sorry, in the first uh, part of this, of the series, I read chapter one, which was uh, Peace Be Still. So that was like a preface or an introduction. Now, the, this is now chapter two. And it's called Step 1, Ensure That The Lord Is With You. So anyway, I'm going to kiss my son goodnight. Because he knows his dad is with him. Okay, so here we go. Step 1, Ensure That The Lord Is With You. The first step toward biblical prosperity is to ensure and recognize that the Lord is with you. But Brother Dollar, you may be saying, that's not necessarily true, because wicked people do prosper. How can you say that in order for me to prosper, the Lord must be with me? I know people with a lot of money who are not living their lives for God. If those are your thoughts, you've forgotten the definition of biblical prosperity I gave in the introduction. Prosperity is not limited to the person who has money. The term prosperity cannot accurately be applied to someone who has finances to buy his children anything they want, yet lives in a house where his family members neither love nor respect one another. That's not prosperous living in the eyes of God. If a man with God is blessed enough financially, that he can be a blessing to others. He has a fantastic marriage with happy children and everyone in the family is healthy. Then he is prosperous. I'm just going to turn the page. Furthermore, this man will live in prosperity even if you take away his money, mansion and material possessions. Um, given that this is coming from a guy who uh, lives with, you know, in his money, in his mansion and material possessions, uh, like Creflo Dollar is certainly amongst what we call the prosperity preachers. So uh, I do find it, I do find it interesting that um, <laughs> prosperity preachers go, oh, it's not about the money, whereas, you know, it kind of, it kind of always is when you when you think about it. Um, now, I do agree with the general principle that being prosperous isn't simply about money. Um, and you know, it's a great thing to be you know to be to be a blessing to others, to have that good marriage with happy children, and everyone in the family is healthy. You know, and I like to think I've got most of that. Even though I'm not, you know, 
I'm not, I wouldn't call myself rich, but though I would call myself provident. Probably the best way of putting it, but um, yeah, it's, it's just interesting that, yeah, like when the prosperity preacher says it's not all about money. <laughs> okay, that's, anyway, back to the book. You simply can't stop a prosperous man. Why? Because God is with him. However, the Bible warns us that the wicked will have a form of prosperity in this world. Behold, these are the ungodly who prosper in the world. They increase in riches. Psalm 73.12 Yes, it's true. Ungodly people will prosper in the world. Notice, however, that the word says world and not that they will prosper in the earth. What's the difference, Brother Dollar? The difference is this. The word world in the verse refers to the world system, the way the world has of doing things, and that way is ungodly. It only stands to reason that ungodly people will prosper in an ungodly system. They will prosper and increase in the world's way of doing things. Ah, again, with this really weird thing about, you know, misappropriating uh, Jewish scriptures and creating this really weird theology that, you know, it's like it's taking words that were written, you know, 3,000 years ago and trying to make them apply to today is... Uh, And like it's, and again, it comes like down to the money where he says, you know, that like you know, prospering in only in the world's way of doing things. Yet, you know, this guy like Creflo Dollar has sold, you know, a kajillion books. You know, he's like doing very well for himself. Um, you know, so it's interesting that he's, you know, criticizing the ungodly system of doing things. Yet he's made himself prosperous by doing things the way that, you know, the ungodly people do them in. Um, anyway, back to the book. That might not sound too bad to some people, but they need to know something. All that glitters is definitely not gold. Look at Proverbs 1, and you'll see that this temporal, wicked wealth is not what God has in mind for his children. They shall call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. For that they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would none of my counsel. They despised all my reproof. Therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices. For the turning away of the simple shall slay them and the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. Verses 28 to 32. He is talking about the wicked here, the same wicked folks who are prospering in the way of the world. The Bible clearly tells us that the prosperity of fools shall ruin them. Um, yeah, that's... Don't know what to say, really. Um, 
because yeah, like there are rich people who have very successful lives. There are rich people who who don't have happy lives. There are rich people who, you know, there are poor people who have happy lives and there are poor people who have unhappy lives. And it's, uh, but, but again, like, like Proverbs is, how can I say? Proverbs wasn't taken to be prophetic. It was literally like a book, of, just a book of sayings. But to take a, a book of sayings and make it as if God is, you know, speaking through them is, uh, again, another another way of, um, I suppose, misappropriating uh, Jewish scriptures. Anyway, back to the book. In case you're wondering what qualifies someone to be a fool, Psalm 53.1 tells us exactly. The fool, ha- the fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. You know him. He believes science over scripture and palms rather than psalms. He makes up the rules of his life as he goes along, refusing to pay attention to what thus saith the Lord. The fool totally disregards God's way in favour of his own way. Look up fool and foolish in your concordance if you want to see what else the Bible has to say about this type of person. It's not pretty. All right, this is uh, this is now where it gets to where it says he believes science over scripture. Um, there's a saying that I've got on my, uh, uh, I think I looked from my Twitter bio where um, reality is the ultimate arbitrator of our disputes. And what that means is that you know you can believe whatever you want. But at some stage, you have to believe the re- you can't argue against reality. Um, and the problem is that when we lived in societies that took scripture over science, you know, th- those those societies had no problem uh, abrogating the rights of the people of the people within them. Um, yeah, and one of the the go tos is the uh, the Confederate States of America, but even if we look at you know where the Spanish the the Inquisitions, um, the control that the Roman Catholic that the Roman Catholic Church had over the world for quite a, quite a while, and it was only it's only really been the last you know couple of hundred years that now we've uh, put script you know the church influence in its box and we've allowed you know, free thought and reason to. That you know, uh, and palms rather than psalms. Yeah, he's having a dig at the uh, at palm readers, but um, and look, I might join him there because you know, I, I don't know how well uh, yeah palm readers, you know, do things, but <laughs> yeah, it's uh, but uh, of course, like the book that wants you to believe will say yes. You know, look up fool and foolish in your concordance and see what else the Bible has to say. You know, of course, it's like you know, when you write a book to be a polemic against your you know, theological enemies. Of course, you know, you say things like, "Oh, the fool says in his heart there is no God." Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so anyway, back to the book. How can the same substance, prosperity, ruin the fool, yet edify the child of God? 
It's simple. I'll give you an example that illustrates this principle in action. Say you know someone who is hooked on crack cocaine. What do you think he'll do with his money? Bless a single parent family with groceries? Pay the light bill for the older couple down the street? Help his job-seeking neighbour by having resumes printed up for him? Chances are he'll do none of the above. Most certainly, he will finance his crack habit instead. The nightly newscasts are filled with stories about rich men, famous men, who are being destroyed by their money. The man who is into pornography, what will he do? Spend money on his habit, no doubt, and before you know it, his habit and activities will expose him to some disease that will kill him. His prosperity will have destroyed him. You read about this in magazines and seen it on the news time and time again. Stories about people being ruined by prosperity because they were not hooked up to the word of God concerning their lives and their wealth. If the wicked didn't have the money, they would not be able to support these those expensive habits that control them and will ultimately ruin them. So according to Creflo Dollar's theology, um, <laughs> if, you, if you do crack cocaine, you're not a, you're not a Christian. <laughs> so, okay. Um, ne ne never mind, you know, all the uh, pastors who have, you know, all the people who have been uh, caught in drug stings and embezzlements and stuff like that. How you going there? Okay. So the reading side is just getting a change of position. Um, yeah, so a bit of, bit of weird theology and, um, you know, poor people can also have habits as well. You don't need, you know, like rich... Having money will give you the opportunity to fall into habits, but you don't need to be, you don't need to have wealth to fall into those bad habits. And you can be, uh, you can be non Christian and not fall into those habits as well. So I find his uh, theology very uh, polemic. Anyway, back to the book. The ungodly man may possess wealth, but it cannot and will not stay with him for a lifetime. He'll end up losing it, either in this generation or in the next. God has already said in his word that this is the outcome for this type of person. What does the Bible, where does the Bible say that? Before I tell you, let me ask you a question. Did you know that every rich unbeliever on earth is actually working for you, me, and every other Christian? You may not know all your employees by name, but they work for you just the same. You probably didn't even know that you had employees. But while you have your Bible handy, take a look at Proverbs 13.22. The wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. The sinners are making the money, and it's being stored up for me and you. In a sense, every ungodly rich man has a call of God on his life. He has been called to gather up riches for the last days. And according to the Bible, he will gather them up, gather them up, but he won't put them on. No, that honour has just been reserved for those of us who can be counted among the just. The fifth chapter of James has something to say about this important issue. 
Go to now, ye rich men. Weep and howl for your miseries. That shall come upon you. What could possibly be misery for a rich man? The loss of his money, of course. Your riches are corrupted, and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver is cankered, and the rust of them shall be a witness against you, and shall eat your flesh as if it were fire. Ye have heaped treasure together for the last days. The man who does not serve, trust, or obey God will be destroyed by his finances, because no one can operate in true prosperity without God. The initial step toward prosperity in your life is to realize that you will never have it without God. To experience true and lasting prosperity, you must be with God, and God must be with you. Oh, wow. <laughs> this is some really, really, really strange theology. Again, this is... Like, again, he is taking words written like thousands of years ago and trying to make them apply to today. Um, where it says, you know, you have heaped treasure together for the last days. Things are back when these verses were written, you know, I'm going to have a guess in the, in the second half of the first, first century CE. They were expecting the world to end then, not now. And so all these people from then to now have read that verse and go, oh, you've heaped treasure together for the last days. When are these last days? You know, I think it's been, it's been 2,000 years, and I think it's fair to say that we've been stood up. But this idea that, you know, the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just, and it's like, you, know, you don't know all your employees by name, but everyone who's rich is, being, is getting rich for you. That is... Oh boy, that is Oh, that is some really weird really weird stuff there. But yeah, then this whole thing about, you know you never have prosperity without God. That is just complete claptrap. You know, you, you get prosperity by by the uh the choices of your actions, by being good to people around you, by, you know, making the most of your circumstances, not by this back to the book before I get angry again do you remember this, the reading the story of Joseph and how he was sold into slavery by his own brothers Genesis 37 28 nevertheless he was a prosperous man because he relied on God he couldn't be stopped it didn't matter where he was or whether he was there by choice chance or force he ended up being in control no matter what the situation, he always ended up running things. Joseph was forced to be a servant in the house of Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian. Genesis 39, 1-3. No problem. He ended up having full control of the household, running things, and keeping the entire house in order. When he was thrown into the jail, for being falsely accused of assaulting his employer's wife, he ended up running the jail. No matter what the circumstances may be, you can't stop a person who is prosperous in God. Material possessions do not make someone wealthy. Prosperity is knowledge of the things of God. 
It's the result of walking with and abiding in the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Your prosperity is made manifest when you live a life pleasing to God. Wealth that comes from above cannot be taken away. Now, this is the thing. Um, the whole story about Joseph. Um, this is, I think, something I slightly touched on uh, in one of my recent episodes where I interviewed uh, JJ, the archaeologian. And yeah, we went through the uh, some of the uh, went through the the evidence that you know the Exodus and the uh, the the Jews in Egypt being slaves happened, and no. So I think it's fair to say that uh, the story of Joseph, as it's reported, didn't happen. But it may have been based on... See, to me, it really reads uh, like a really good story. Um, an etiological myth. But, um, yeah, and, and the fact that Joseph twice ends up in situations where he has no, he has no control and then uh, his... His dreams end up getting him into trouble and then getting him out of trouble. Well, so either his dreams or his ability to uh, see visions and prophecy. Um, I'm sure there's a theologian who can make more sense of that than me, but um, anyway, I will go back to the book. You should know about an important aspect of prosperity. When you're prosperous in God, you don't have to look for wealth. Wealth looks for you. Sometimes, though, prosperity can't find you because it's too dark around you. Perhaps prosperity can't find you because of all the sin in your life. Sorry about that. That is... Oh, boy. <laughs> that is... Um... <laughs> just as a... Sorry about this. Like Just as I was reading that, I was chatting... Um... Reminded of a chat I had with uh, Will from the church split. <laughs> he was telling me that, you know, like they have to rely on donations to help keep their keep their program, their show going. <laughs> and like he was telling me that, like they don't make much money on merch. Like they they've reduced the uh, their profit margin on on the merchandise, <laughs> and I just love. I'd love for Will to take this advice and go, "Hey, Will, you know, you know, you don't have to look for you don't have to look for wealth. Will wealth will look for you? <laughs> I'm sure Will, when he hears this, or if he hears this, he'll he'll laugh and go, "Yeah, right." Um, sorry about that. Um, I don't know about you, but I don't ever want prosperity to have trouble locating me. I want to keep my light on. I'm like that motel chain. You know the one I'm talking about. They promise to keep the light on so you can find them. Turn the page. I'll continue to walk in the light of God's word so that my prosperity can find me easily. I'll continue to live my life in the absence of darkness, in the absence of sin, because I know the wealth of God is hunting for me day and night. I won't do anything that displeases God, hinders my blessings, and prevents the goodness 
coming my way from reaching its destination. No matter what happened last week, my prosperity is looking for me. And no matter what you've done, as long as you, as long as you have sincerely repented, your prosperity is looking for you too. Oh boy, it gets... This is the, the hallmark of... Um, I suppose one of the things about prosperity preaching is that... Um, how can I put it? It's sort of like they... They've turned prosperity from a uh, an adjective into uh, into a into a noun, into a personified noun. But um, you know, like when he says, "My prosperity is looking for me." You know, I walk in the light of God's words, so my prosperity can find me easily. Um, yeah, I I remember when when I was a uh, a believer, and I used to believe this stuff, and I used to believe that you know. You know, that, that check is coming in the mail, you know, that that promotion is around the corner, that, you know, that, that you know, six-figure job is, you know, coming my way, that kind of stuff. And I think what these kind of things are designed for you to, designed to do is, is to keep your behavior in check so that, you know, because I'm sure later on, you know, he will go, well, you know, what's one way to, to not sin? Oh, you know obey the authority of your of your preacher of your pastor and so well okay well if you, that that means like if you don't obey the uh the word of your of your pastor then you're not walking with god as if your pastor is god himself and i think that's a very bad theology anyway as long as you're with god and he's with you your prosperity is hunting you down just keep the light on Keep the sin out of your mouth and out of your life. Don't pretend that no sin is there. Just get rid of it and don't pick it up again. God can't abide in the presence of sin. And if he is not with you, neither will his ability to be with you, to put you in control of your surroundings. What I really like is like some sort of test for, you know, like... Is there any real world data to back this up? Like, is there like a control, like a meta study of you know the religious, uh, the religious leanings of pros? Of, you know, they get like a sample of prosperous people, and they they work out you know, they work out how they became prosperous, and uh, yeah, I'd love to see a like a, a study into that just to. Oh, that's my son. Uh, get ready to go to sleep. Back to the book. And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man. Genesis 39.2 Before we get into this verse, let's study the English language for a minute. Twice in the verse we find and, which is a conjunctive word. Conjunctions are used to hook up phrases and clauses. Whatever is on one side of the word and is in relationship with with whatever is on the other side. Because the Lord was with Joseph, he was walking in prosperity, yet he didn't have any material possessions. He was considered financially poor. The fact that God was with him accounted for his wealth of life and mastery of his circumstances. Um, 
firstly, the, the, what the problem is that when we read the Bible, well, when we read the, when we read this verse in English, we're not actually reading it as it was as it was written. We are reading a translation, which. Um, Yeah, if you're so we we've put the the word and in there because it makes a sentence fit, but um, but I just don't know that like putting the English word in putting the English word and in the sentence you know gives us reason to go oh twice we find the word and and this is this is what it means. You know, all, all excited. Um, and then this, like, the other thing is, I, I can't, I feel that Kreffler's trying to have it both ways. You know, if you're saying that, um, if you're saying that, um, walking with God is the, uh, the key to wealth, then if God was with Joseph, then, you know, he was, he was poor. So, like, on one page, he says that you know, walking with God and you know, being God, being God's uh, good little boy, is you know the way to have total life prosperity. Yeah, we see that Joseph he was walking with God, but he didn't have that prosperity. And he says it here, you know, um, he didn't have material possessions. He was considered financially poor. So yeah, so I just feel he's he's having it both ways. Anyway, back to the book. Now, it's reasonable for us to assume that if the Lord had not been with Joseph, he would not have been a prosperous man. Remember in high school algebra class, the hypothesis that if A equals B and B equals C, then logically A equals C. Well, the same premise applies here. If the Lord being with you equals prosperity, and prosperity equals being in full control of your life, then the Lord being with you equals full control. That is, God being in full control. Conversely, if you're not in full control of your life, then the Lord is not with you. And if the Lord is not with you, we know that you are not a prosperous man, certainly not in the biblical sense. It doesn't matter what you call yourself, Baptist, Protestant, Catholic or Methodist. Make sure the Lord is with you. I can't imagine someone saying, well, I was born a Protestant, I've lived my entire life as a Protestant, and I'll die as a Protestant. Nothing wrong with being a Protestant, but if the Lord is not with you, you're going to die a Protestant in hell. Just jumping back to that last paragraph. Um, if the Lord being with you equals prosperity, and prosperity equals being full control of your life, then the Lord being with being with you equals full control. That is, God being in full control. Well, no, hold on. I think he's kind of mixed himself, well, said mixed himself up. He's just got it backwards. Because if you're in control, then, the, then God can't be in control. Right? Someone has to be in control here. And, you know, is, is biblical prosperity you being in control? Or does walking with God equal God being in control? And I'm just trying, you know, trying to work out like what the 
you know, he's having he's having it he's having it both ways. Anyway. At this point, you may be checking the table of contents for another chapter to read. But the simple truth is, if you're going if you're without God, you're with the evil one, and we all know where he is going to end up. You see, what you do in the secret place of prayer, as well as tithing, loving your neighbour, and exhibiting other godly behaviour, determines whether or not you'll be successful in this life. Even if the doctor gives you a negative report, telling you that you will die in six months, don't despair. That doctor's report doesn't control you. If God is with you, you'll prosper even in that situation. Your attitude will control the effects of that report upon you, and it will change because you abide in Christ and he abides in you. You cannot stop a man who knows that God is with him. I don't care what environment, neighborhood, city or circumstance he find himself in, finds himself in. He has no other alternative but to succeed in God. Um, it's interesting now that, um, where, where was it? That doctor's report doesn't control you. Um, no, that's, uh, I'm sure the COVID test doesn't control you. I'm sure the, uh, <laughs> you know, the, uh, the doctor's report doesn't you know, control the surgery that you have to go, or the, the chemo that you have to go through, or the, <laughs> you know, but I, I will, I will agree with one half sentence. He says, your attitude will control the effects of that report on you. And I agree, your attitude, regardless of your theology, your attitude will, I won't say control, but it will affect the effects of that report on you. Um, and this is why I say that you know, part of life is how you handle situations. But yeah, um, you cannot stop a man who knows that God is with him. Um, I feel this is a little bit circular. It's like, you know, um, how do you know God is with that man? Because he succeeds. How do you know he succeeds? Oh, because God is with him. Yeah, that's great theology. Anyway, let's turn the page. How many more pages do we have of this? Oh, jeez. Got got about five more pages. Okay, don't want to get too... uh... Actually, what I might do is... Yeah, so we've got one, two, three, four. Yeah, you've got about six pages left, and it's already right about 40 minutes. So, look, what I'll do is I will leave it here. Um, and yeah, maybe tomorrow night I'll do uh, part two where I finish up uh, with step one. So, I'll just uh, so put it down. So, page 14. Um, Yes, so, so, so it does seem that this is a really weird theology where, um, like, uh, so I feel he's having it like both ways because if he, if he says that prosperity is like you know, having wealth and having uh, having a happy family, like you can say that like ungodly people are wealthy, but then when you find an example of a wealthy family that is, you know, happy and successful and then I'm sure that there there are plenty around, you know, I know uh 
I, I know, you know, wealthy people who, you know, as far as their jobs will allow, you know, seem to have, seem to have, you know, stable family situations. Again, you know, there is only so much, like if you're earning, you know, six figures or seven figures, you know, there's only so much time you can have away from work to be with your family to make sure that, you know, everything's held together. Um, yeah, it's, uh, Yeah, but I just find that, like, I, part of me attached myself to the teachings in this book because I thought, yeah, if I, um, if I stick with God, then God will bless me because I stuck with him. And it was only when I walked away from the faith that I realized that I think it was the belief that God was with me and the belief that I should stay in God because if I don't stay in God, then... You know, my blessings will go. And you know, call it a fear response or a fear mechanism as much as you want, and you're probably right, but... Um, yeah, and this may be one of the things that religion does, and one of the reasons why... Um, like I will agree that one of the, like one of the things about religion is that it, it is a good, uh, I suppose, behavior control mechanism... Especially because it was written in the times when there was no police force. You know, if uh, if you did something wrong, like the police weren't there to get you. It was, you know, two or three people had to go to a to the authorities. And then they would, you know, and there's something you find in the Bible is that, you know, on the testimony of two or three witnesses shall a matter be established. And this is then why why the Bible also says, those shall not bear false witness against, against thy neighbor. Because, you know, you could, you and a couple of others could conspire against, you know, someone else and have their life, have their life ruined by, you know, bringing false charges. And because the matter of two or three witnesses is enough to establish a charge, then, hey, you know, your false witness has uh, unfortunately put someone away. But yeah, that was written in a time when there was no police, there, were, there was no forensic evidence, there was no video cameras to record. And like that would have been like a really good sign that, you know, that, you know, God knew what he was talking about was like, hey, you know, if you, you know, create like a lens with a, you know, photoreceptive film and then, you know, make it in this, this tiny little box with all these transistors and that kind of stuff. And then, you know, that way you, you, that way you can record and be able to, you know, see, see miracles happen and see, see whether, you know, people are doing the wrong thing. But but no, you know, the it's all like humans have worked out a better way of recording history and recording and verifying facts than what God could, his, his chosen people. And I find that, <laughs> I find that very strange. But yeah, so the, those ancient words, again, were written at a time when there was, there was no police force. So you relied on the on the fear of an ever-present, um, an om omnipotent, omni omniscient, and omnipresent being, who, who in some cases controlled your breath, because yeah, like the people of that time didn't have the knowledge that air was particulate matter, 
That's why the word for spirit is also the same word for breath, because they believe that, you know, the breath is the spirit of man. And so once you take away the spirit, you t once you take away the breath, you take away the spirit of man. And that's uh, one reason why, uh, this, this is why I think that uh, God drowned the whole world when he said, my spirit shall not strive with men forever. Because, you know, when you drown someone, you actually, like, violently and, you know, capriciously you know, take away their breath by, by drowning them. Which is a great way, great way of doing things. But anyway, um, whoever's listening, have a great night. Look after yourselves and, yeah, be kind to one another. All right, good.